McShane Bible Study, day 335, and we are starting in 1 Chronicles, chapter 29. It's the last chapter of 1 Chronicles. And so David is kind of handing over power to Solomon. They're re-anointing Solomon king. He's making a, a big speech to all the people. And he's, he says, you know, I'm dedicating, I've set aside as previous gifts to the Lord, um, you know, all this gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and all this stuff. So it wasn't just gold. We were just talking about the gold. Um, but he says, but in addition to that, I'm going to give out of my own pocket all this stuff that I've got. And he, it's 5,000 talents of gold. And I, I did the math. It's like 225,000 uh, ounces. Um, I think. 225,000. And each of those is worth like multiple thousand kilos, right? Yeah. Um, or wait, was it 225,000 the pounds? And then I think that has to be multiplied by 16 for ounces. <laughs> Anyways, I, just, I did the math because I was curious too. Billions and billions of dollars. Um, and, and I didn't count the other stuff, just that, because then the, the people give a lot of gold, um, plus the stuff that was already laid up. I mean, just ten, tens of billions of dollars in today's, in today's dollars. However, so I was thinking about it. Um, you know, if you had billions of dollars today, you could waste it by buying mega yachts and the fanciest jets out there and, you know, just incredibly elaborate high-rise condominiums around the world um, or houses, whatever, you know. You could, you could blow it. It's possible. You don't really hear about billionaires blowing their money. They usually have enough advisors, even if they inherited that. Uh, well, it, it probably... Well, I mean, rich people go broke... I don't know. Anyways, you could do it. Back then, what was there to buy? You know, there, there wasn't... So, the money could be used to buy foreign armies to help you in battle. That's something you see kings use a lot of gold for. Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. I don't know that I have a point. But, what, but it was certainly extremely valuable and they were all very well aware of that right it was it was their wealth it was their tangible wealth and so they were giving it to the lord so in that it's it's like us choosing to give our lives to the lord what's more valuable than our life nothing right come come join us willow um and so they're giving what was of value to them, to the Lord, right? And uh, verse 9 says, Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. So they, they knew they were giving freely. That, that's God's desire for us, that we give of ourselves freely, right? That we give him our life to take up his vision for our life, his purpose for our life, rather than what our flesh might want, right? Or rather than the, the ways the world says we should go, right? 
And so this is a blessed time because they're freely giving of themselves to God. And, And then we see in the rest of it, God blesses them, right? He sets up Solomon with a, you know, a huge blessing, a powerful, rich, prosperous kingdom. <clears throat> 14. So David's praying, right? But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. God says this elsewhere. He's like, all all the cattle in the hills are mine. All the gold and silver is mine, right? Like he created everything. He created us, right? So when we give something to him, What we're really doing is showing him, Lord, I honor you above all. Mm -hmm. I don't value this world. I don't value my own imagination of, of what I think or what I am or what I have. I value you and your direction and your ways, right? So David firmly understood this. He said, look, we're, we're giving this to you because that's what we can do in the flesh, but it's all yours, God. So We're really just showing you that we are yours. 17. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. So he's saying, I know that this life is simply a training ground for eternity. And you're testing us to see, do we honor you or do we honor things in this world? Right? In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. So he says, Lord, we freely give you our hearts. We freely give you our wealth. We freely give you everything because you are our God and King and we know we owe it all to you. So he's creating this family atmosphere, right? Where people aren't worried about what's mine and yours. It's, no, it's our, we're all together, right? You, God, are our leader, and we're yours, and we know we're all going in a good way, and so we're happy with your direction, right? Um, okay, that's, and, you know, the, Solomon's made king, David dies, and then we'll start Second Chronicles next time. And now we will also finish Second Peter 3. <laughs> Come on, give me a space. Um... So he's finished. Weston, seriously. Okay, then I'll sit here. So this is his last. Uh, this is the last thing we have of him, right? He's. He knows he's dying soon. He's writing his letter to stir them up. He says, to be mindful, remind them, of God's purposes and what their life is supposed to be about. He, he tells them, three, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. So people come um, saying, oh, the way of the Lord, that's ridiculous. You know, my way is better, this way is better, that way is better, right? He says that that's to be expected. Five, for they deliberately overlook this fact 
that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So, it's kind of this, um, uh, first of all, it's funny because it's, it's bringing together my time with the Lord this morning and then also what we just read in First Chronicles. Um, he, he's basically saying, look, everything is God's. Mm-hmm. And God has a purpose for it. But this world has fallen, and so it will be rolled up and destroyed. So how are you living your life knowing that everything that we see with our eyes, hear with our ears, touch with our hands, is a temporary thing that will be destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. But there's an eternal kingdom Mm -hmm. coming. God is... God's plan is to introduce a kingdom people to transform the world, to overcome the world, right? Mm -hmm. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Because the people, much like today, people back then were like, well, when's Jesus coming back? They, they They didn't fully grasp what... You know, well, I mean, they may have. You could still wonder that question. But people were impatient, saying, when is he coming back? When, when, when are these things happening? When's the, when's the kingdom, the full, more full fulfillment of the kingdom life going to happen? You know, this is 2,000 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Peter said, you don't understand. For God, God had created time. Time is his invention. Mm-hmm. Right? We feel locked in it. For him, it's just a tool. And he says, he wants, did I read all of that? The Lord is slow to, is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So God wants every single person to choose him. You know, because he's, he's mm-hmm. talking a lot about judgment here. He did already, and he's going to again. But he's saying God wants people to choose him to be a part of his family. That's what they're created for, right? Mm -hmm. But he leaves us all to make our own decision, right? Um, And so he says, if he takes more time, that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we're at a time when things are turning. Things are changing. Um, And so that's exciting for us, Um, but it, you know, it also means it's <laughs> cataclysmic times. 11, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? That didn't sound right, did it? What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So God is bringing about his kingdom in mm-hmm. greater, greater measure. Okay? One day there will be an absolute, total transformation. 
But before that, there has to be a people that overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Right? That are a kingdom people that give up everything for him and take on his life and are united as one kingdom, just as we saw in David and Solomon's time, right? Solomon's early reign. The people were all united for God. They weren't worried about their own thing. They were excited about God and what he was doing, and they gave freely, and God blessed them. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm-hmm. God wants a people like that who all choose to be part of what he's doing and that continually choose not turn away as we you know we see, we'll see when we get into second chronicles and as you've read before they end up turning away he wants the people we're blessed that we can be filled with the holy spirit and the more we walk in him the more uh we grow and it, it becomes less and less likely maybe less and less possible i don't know how to turn back to my old life weston i, I don't think it's possible for me right mm-hmm. Um, you come to a point and, and it's, could I have jumped from when I first accepted Christ to where I am now? No, it's impossible. It's too far of a jump. I would have, if I would have somehow been given that choice, I would have turned around and ran probably. Mm-hmm. But God trained, just as David said, you know, you discipline us, you train us, test our hearts. And we just make a little more and more progress deeper into his heart, deeper into his kingdom, right? And then he unites us as a people. And the judgment that that Peter's, I didn't read all of it, but, you know, Peter's talking a lot about judgment on the world. That still comes, but that's outside of what we've come into. Mm -hmm. You see that? Um, And he goes on to say, um, you know, hey, I'm writing also as Paul. He says, Paul... As he does, 16, as he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. So he says, Paul's writings are scripture. I knew a guy once. We, we met him. Mommy knew him because they did like a children's ministry thing together. His dad had been a, uh, like a neo-Nazi Klansman type guy neo-nazi i'm probably throwing in the Klansman there um you ever heard of the know what that means he was like a white supremacist <laughs> he this is according to his son you know i've never met the man um but he was raised to hate people of other races and but in so we met him of course in a church and he had kind of come to change all this and then he became a little later, or whenever I met him, I don't know. Um, because we had, you know, uh, Rabbi David had led our mission trips and been a spiritual father to me, introduced us a lot to the, to the roots of our faith, right? The whole three-fourths of the Bible, right? <laughs> and, uh, but we weren't thinking about trying to find... Uh, trying to find salvation through the law or justification through the law, right? But he had started doing that. We, they invited us over to dinner one time because they found out we were getting into certain things and they, I guess they saw a parallel. And they would, they would um, the, on Friday night for, for, before Shabbat, 
they would tear the toilet paper that they were going to use the next day so that on a Saturday they wouldn't tear it because that would be considered work. I don't know, really complex rules that people have come up with. Um, but anyways, he ended up becoming full-on Jewish and throwing away Christ altogether in, in the long... I, I saw that on Facebook. I, I didn't keep contact with him after that dinner. But... Um, but the people that were training him in the midpoint, because there's a lot of different groups. David told me years ago that there were 19 different groups in America that were called Messianic Jews that had different beliefs. So kind of like denominations, there's different types of people that call themselves that and that may not, might not have the same you know, beliefs. This particular group was out of Wisconsin and... Um, and they dis that using this verse right here, they told him not to read Paul. <laughs> so they had chopped up the Bible and were reading the parts that they wanted. Um, but it, they were eventually, and they did honor. I don't know. I didn't follow the guy, but eventually he turned away from Christ. Um, mm -hmm. which, yeah, I don't know. It blows my mind. But um, anyways, Peter is saying, look, people will turn and twist the scripture in all sorts of way for their own purposes. Mm -hmm. 17, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Take care to follow the Lord. Take take care to always follow truth, to always be willing to die to yourself and your own understanding for the true will of the Lord. And don't be carried away by teachers that would take you away from the truth as presented in Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever we hear something from the Lord, we always want to test that against Scripture. As we're, as we're learning to hear from God, mm -hmm. if we think we hear something that goes totally against Scripture... Guess what? You should learn from that. That wasn't God. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, but in this, as, as our heart is true to follow him, to learn from him, to grow in him, he will help us sort this out because we are in a battle and we are influenced by the enemy and by the world, right? There's no getting around. We're in this life with those realities, those factors. But God's desire, his plan, and his purpose is to bring us out of that world into his kingdom. And so as we continue to give him ourselves, he will transform us and teach us. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And we move on to Micah 6. And this is the Lord... Uh, ESV labels it the indictment of the Lord, like the the Lord speaking to His people, saying, "You don't represent me." He says, "Here you go. You got your chance. Arise, plead your case before the mountains." Right, and then He goes on to explain, "Look, haven't I always blessed you and taken care of you? But why have you turned away?" He ends it speaking about, "For you have kept the statutes of Omri." And all the works of the house of Ahab, and you have walked in their counsels. So he says, "What was Ahab? He was a man who um, 
was the, made the king of Israel, God's people, mm-hmm. but went after the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Put quite simply. And he says, that, that's not at all what I put you there for. That's not at all who you're supposed to be if you're supposed to be leading my people. And then, so the kind of the heart of this chapter is in the middle, 7 and 8. 7 says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So the people are saying, Well, what can we do, God? How do we make this right? Can we just pay you off with something? Can I pay you off with my time going to church once a week? Can I pay you off with uh, tithing? Can I pay you off with some some certain thing of mine that I can give, but then go on with a worldly life? A, he has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. He says, it's about the life that you choose to live. I need a people that choose to live their life with me, looking, humbling themselves before me and walking as I lead and in the way I have taught them. Mm-hmm. Doing, being a bringer of justice and kindness to those around them. Mm-hmm. Then you're who I made you to be. Then you represent me. Right? Mm. Okay. And we finished in Psalm, was it 107? Uh, <laughs> what's your question, Weston? <laughs> what's he talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I really like this Psalm. He, he, uh, he starts out by saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the whole point is is that advice, right? Mm-hmm. But then he goes on to talk about the, those that do that are blessed. And then he gives three rounds of examples of people who don't do that, haven't done that, and they end up living in the curse. They end up with judgment on their ways, right? Mm-hmm. And they cry out to God and then God redeems them and blesses them. So it's very similar to what we've just talked about. God doesn't bring the judgment for fun. He brings the judgment to wake people up so that they will choose him, right? To give them a chance at this. Mm-hmm. God, God desires that they be a part of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Knowing full well and having warned us many times, he's not going to allow us to be part of his eternity if we choose to be apart from him, Mm -hmm. right? So he gives us tremendous grace by waking us up with affliction, testing our hearts, Mm -hmm. helping us realize we've chosen the wrong way so that we can Mm -hmm. come back into his good grace, right? Mm -hmm. I I really like the one story because it's so similar to the... uh, uh, the disciples and it says that, you know, they chose God, right? They're, they're um, they chose to follow Jesus. They see, wow, he's mighty. Then they end up in a boat and then there's a storm and then they're scared. <laughs> but then he calms the, the, uh, the waters and then they, they're blessed. And then he takes them to where they're going. It's very similar to that story, right? It's almost prophetic of that story, but, um, it, that's the story of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy danger, crazy, scary winds and, and seas, mm-hmm. 
and we're in this little boat. Mm-hmm. But if we realize that we are the Lord's, there's Jesus said, why do you not have faith? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you part of God's purpose or not? And if you're not, why are you giving your faith to the enemy? Or if you are, why are you giving your faith to the enemy? If you're not, you're giving faith to the enemy. It means you're scared about the things going on in the world. You're, that's faith of Satan. Fear mm-hmm. is faith in Satan. Mm-hmm. Right? And Jesus says to his disciples, why don't you have faith? And then he simply calms the winds. Because God has made him above these things. If we are his, then we are above these things. Even when he does take us through testing trials and tribulations, they're for our good, right? So that we grow closer to him. Mm-hmm. So we fear God and God alone. We fear nothing else. We have mm-hmm. faith that he's using us. We're not worried about what's in the world, mm-hmm. right? And then, what? guess what? We walk into his blessing. When we give him everything, we're completely protected by him. When we, when we give of him partially, we're only partially his. And the rest of us that we haven't given up yet is fully submitted to Satan. Mm-hmm. And fully able to be messed with by Satan. Right? Mm-hmm. If we give of ourselves entirely, we're fully protected by the Lord. Mm-hmm. And blessed by the we enter fully the blessings of the Lord. The last verse is whoever is wise, let him attend to these things, let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for today. You have anything else? No. God right. bless you. God bless you.